Uh, what can I say about Anne? Well, we probably all know her. There may be some people here who don't know her. I mean, Anne is a good friend. We've laughed together, we've cried together, and we've been through a huge amount of things together. And she's a woman of God. She's a visionary. She takes people to places that a few of us have never thought we'd be. Uh, there are lots of people's lives in Leamington and throughout uh, England, maybe the world, who've been changed because of Anne. Because Anne actually hears what God says and actually acts on it. And there's a lot of us who hear but don't actually act on it. But, you know, she is an amazing woman and I know she has got amazing things to tell us tonight. I hope so, yes. Thank you. She's well, actually speaking on her passion. So that's really good when we actually speak from something that we're passionate about. So I'll just pray for you before I get going, please. Thank you. So Heavenly Father, I praise you and thank you for Anne. I thank you for the woman she is. I thank you for the woman that you're making her into. And I really pray, Matt, that you will anoint her for the things that you want to speak through her. Lord, that you will give her that authority that only comes from you, and that she will know that you are here to bless and to heal. So, Lord, just uh, pop things into her mind if there's anything new you want her to say. And, Lord, may she just go and flow with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Wow. What a lovely introduction. I have to say, it's great to be here. It was really good, wasn't it, coming in the sunshine. I think I'd forgotten what the sunshine was like. So, uh, thank you, Father God. Well, tonight we're talking about a very, very important subject, because it affects all of us. It's about women and wholeness. But first of all, uh, let's just think about some of our TV programmes. Uh, I have to say I do like some reality TV programmes, and I have been blue. Sorry? Some? Okay. Sarah shared my home. Well, a few. You do as well, Sarah. So. Okay. <laughs> yes. But um, some of the programmes, um, I mean, particularly, I liked recently The Apprentice. Who watched The Apprentice? Come on. Yeah, okay. That's some of you, not all of you. Okay, does anyone want to admit to watching Britain's Got Talent? Come on, there must be more than that. I think we have some closet people, thank you. Anyway, people do seem to enter these shows, um, perhaps to find fame, perhaps to make some money, to get some fulfilment, um, perhaps to be successful. I mean, the prize for Britain's Got Talent was £500,000 to win, which was pretty amazing. And uh, I was very excited uh, because it's the act that I wanted to win, and that was Hudson. Did you see Hudson? And Ashley, that most adorable, cute got dog. You couldn't really get a, a cuter dog than that. And uh, I was very interested to read over the weekend that Hudson is going to America, to Hollywood. He really is going to Hollywood. And he's got his own jet, and it's got beautiful green seats all inside. And uh, the photographs, uh, he was photographed on this lovely Union Jack um, cushion and he had his doggy bowl full of all sorts of trees. So anyway, Hudson is going to um, Hollywood, but I guess people like Ashley and Pudsey and Ricky Martin who won The Apprentice, in a few years time, if we were to say Pudsey or Ricky Martin, people might say who? And yet, at the moment, they are quite big names because they have won these competitions. They have entered for whatever reason they have entered. But tonight, I want to talk about Jesus Christ. And he entered the world 2,000 plus years ago. And he has made an incredible difference to people's lives then and 
campus still is making an incredible difference for lives today. And I just want to talk about a few aspects of um, finding wholeness in uh, Jesus. And I've asked um, during my talk, you'll hear three different stories. I think each very exciting, each very different on how God, Jesus Christ, has actually brought healing and wholeness uh, into their life. I guess we're very familiar perhaps with these words. Um, they come from Isaiah 61. Uh, but Jesus himself quoted them when he went to his hometown in Nazareth. And uh, so we can read about them also in Luke chapter 4. Jesus, um, the local boy, actually comes home. You know the story, but let me just recap. He comes home, he's already started to do extraordinary things in the countryside. And now he's coming home. Now, the people of Nazareth, and it's not a very big place, when I went to Israel a few years ago, apparently Nazareth is only the size of a football pitch. So it's a small place. Everybody probably knew everyone else. And here was the local boy who was well, getting quite a name for himself. He comes home. He just so happens to be handed the scroll at his local synagogue, um, which had this passage from Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 2. He proclaims, he declares, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. He read it and he sat down, and that indicated that he was actually going to speak. And he quite simply said to everybody gathered there, the local boy said, Today, in your hearing, this has been fulfilled. You can almost hear that, <gasps> Jesus, the carpenter's son, he said what? This is a special passage that our ancestors have been reading year upon year upon year. It's all about that special chosen one, the Messiah, coming to rescue us, God's people. And he, Jesus, the carpenter's son, has had the audacity to say, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. But he did say that, because it was absolutely true. Jesus quite clearly saw that his mission was a fully rounded mission. The people entering Britain's Got Talent and The Apprentice were there to win. Jesus' purpose and his mission it was more than, say, forgiveness. It actually included freedom. It included healing. It included wholeness. And it also included maturity. Jesus was assuming the mantle of the Messiah, God's chosen one, that had been prophesied many, many generations before, and now it was going to be fulfilled in their hearing. Before he was going to return to the Father, he was not only going to preach the good news, but he was going to bind up people's wounds, the brokenhearted. He was going to set free those people who were captive, those people living in very dark places. If you came on our training course in the spring, and a little plug for the autumn, the Well Runs training course, I talk on the first evening about the 41 accounts of um, miracles that Jesus performed 
And we can read about those 41 instances uh, in the four accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And it is extraordinary. Jesus met the young and the old, he met the alive and the dead, and he healed them. It was amazing. And if uh, you uh, want something to read on a rainy day, uh, part of our homework, our in-between session assignment, I will set people to read Mark's account of his life. Because it's so exciting. It's, Mark can hardly get the words out of his pen, and then suddenly Jesus did this and this and this. And then right at the end of, um, and it takes about two hours, two and a half hours to read it, it's a fantastic experience reading it from beginning to end in one session. And then you've got John, the beloved disciple, writing about um, Jesus performing all sorts of miracles. And he, he kind of pauses at the end of his account and he says, well, do you know, I suppose if I, if I had all the time in the world, if I was to write everything that we saw Jesus do and say, there would not be enough room, there would not be enough libraries in the whole world to contain all the accounts of Jesus' life. Jesus did miracles day in, day out, year in, year out. He did miracles for three years. Extraordinary. And the lovely thing about Jesus Christ, he's now gone back to heaven. His mission has now been completed. But he's still the same. And I love this verse in Hebrews 13:8. Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Jesus can still do those things that he did 2,000 plus years ago, he can still do today. Some of you know my story of 10 years ago, it is more or less 10 years, this coming weekend, I will be celebrating, uh, we're actually going to the place where God gave me the vision for the world, Ruth and Andy's garden, we're having a little celebration there, hopefully it won't rain, um, <laughs> but it's 10 years ago since God gave me the vision for the world. And when he gave it to me, I really believed, I heard him say, and about to stop the ancient wells of healing here in Leviton Spa, and just as people came from far and wide, so they will return. And then you'll see me work in power, and then he said, the place will be called the well. Hmm. It was a very scary thing to hear that. I obviously had to test it out, and I did that over the next few months with prayer and fasting. And in the end, by sort of late October, it was like hands up to God. I don't know how I'm going to open the well. I'm actually not quite sure how you heal today, but I'm going to say yes. And I have had um, an amazing journey, and I still have had an amazing journey. And within the 10 years um, of setting up the well, it's very much a teamwork, it's not just me. Uh, I work with amazing men and women. But we have seen God do some extraordinary things. Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And uh, it's always very encouraging when we hear a testimony of how God has healed someone through prayer. And my first uh, friend I want to invite up here is Nikki. Because you have had a miracle happen to you, haven't you? Would you like to come and uh, stand at this microphone? <laughs>
obviously Anne's asked me to speak about my experiences over, um, I'm going to say, just over 18 months, 18, 19 months. Um, and God has been so good to me. Uh, I just want to share with you how much he loves to heal. It starts in, in about December 2010 in my GP's office where I had recurrent headaches. And, but can I just, uh, are we having to deploy the microphone? Do you want the, the hand, hand mic for? It's, I'm just adjusting down, it should be oh, okay. okay. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt, I just don't want them to miss this, that's all. Can't see any of them at the moment. 
But um, yeah, and after lots of prayer, um, I went to bed one night and had a dream that I was going into my next scheduled MRI scan. Um, a person in my dream told me that I was going to be just fine and that I was going to be well again. And when I woke up the next morning, I just felt so calm and relaxed and comforted. In hindsight, I really believe that God gave me that dream. And I felt a total peace in the days leading up to that MRI scan that I dreamed about. My husband, Dave, drove me to hospital in Coventry, and I knew that God had told me not to be afraid, so I was trying my hardest. And the results of the scan were due back three weeks later. But however, three days later, my doctor called my mobile phone with my scan results, announcing that the tumour was no longer there.
saving us from our sins and evoking the way to God. The good news is that he wants all of us to be whole people. And uh, it's just great to hear a story like that. I do know, and I need to say this, that some of you have heard the story today, and maybe you've had very close relatives or uh, friends that have had perhaps a similar condition as Nikki, or a little bit different, and instead of that person getting better, they have died. And it's just one of those things that uh, we cannot explain, and I often say to God, why is it that we can pray for some people and they get well, and others just don't seem to get better? And there seems to be that tension, and sometimes when we pray, it may be that we lose hope because the person's condition isn't changing. But I, I really do believe that God wants us to keep on pushing in, pushing in uh, to God's power. Uh, he is Almighty God. Whether He heals or not, God is still God. And He has called each one of us to pray, to share something about what God's done in our life, but also to pray for the sick. So then, that's a modern day healing testimony, and that is just so good to hear. So, we have. Um, <coughs> it's not moving, Keith. Oh, there we are. Um, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom from the captives, and release from darkness to the prisoner, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That's Jesus' mission. He entered into the world to rescue us, to open up the way to Father God, but not only that, but to bring us wholeness and healing. If you've ever heard me teach on um, inner healing, this is quite a key verse. Because God doesn't only heal in the way that he healed Nikki with that brain tumour, so it just disappeared. God also wants to heal us, sort of inside out, and he wants to heal every part of us. And this verse here that Paul writes to the Thessalonians just describes how we are three in one. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, uh, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are three in one. And uh, if you came on a streams uh, teaching day with Diana Hunt and I uh, a little while ago, um, I would have given, sort of used this slide, and would have said that the three in one, we have very obviously have a body. And isn't it amazing how intricate our bodies are? When the psalmist says in Psalm 139, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, we really are. We have skin which is created to heal. Isn't that incredible? Have we ever thought about that? We might complain we've cut ourselves. But actually, our skin has been designed that it will close up. If it's clean, it will heal. And God's given us organs and muscles and ligaments. And he's built us with an immune system so that we can fight off germs and bacteria. He's given us a blood supply. Um, and he's allowed us to relate to earth and the environment with our senses, with our hearing. He's given us taste. Wouldn't food be boring if we couldn't taste? We like to feel good and comfortable with great food and relaxation. That's how God has created us. He's given us bodies to do those things. He's also given us our soul. And our soul 
is made up of all our emotions. That's our good emotions and our negative emotions. It is also made up of our will and our mind. And uh, these are all supposed to be in perfect alignment with God. But sadly, sometimes they're not. And the third part of us is our spirit. And this is a unique gift of God to every human being, right from the moment we are conceived. Uh, God gives us our spirit, because our spirit makes us who we are. I don't know whether you've um, ever said goodbye to somebody who has died. They may look like that very special person, but actually their spirit has gone. And their spirit makes them who they are. And God has given us our spirit so that we can relate to the two other parts of us, our body um, and our um, soul, but he's also given us our spirit to feed life into all our emotions, to feed life into our will, to feed life into our mind, and uh, to feed life into our bodies. So that's the role of the spirit. But just sometimes, because of life's experiences, our spirit within us, which records every happening, it's like one of those earthquake monitors, it records, and it goes, another thing happens. Everything that happens to us, we may not remember, but our spirit within us definitely remembers. And just sometimes, our spirit can get broken. It can get clogged up with rubbish from the past. It can get starved of love. It can get crushed. It can get defiled. All sorts of things can happen to our spirit. And when that happens, sometimes we are unable to have good thoughts. We're unable to have health in our body because our spirit is not feeding us. And so there is a breakdown in health and well-being. And there's a breakdown in wholeness. We are not whole people. But the good news, God has sent Jesus Christ to bind up the brokenhearted, to release us if we are captive to our negative emotions. God has sent Jesus to do that. Let's just have a look at this picture. I've used this because I just think it's an amazing uh, photograph. So we're three in one. Um, this is Devastation by Francine Turk. Just talk to the person next to you. Just describe what you see. It's not a trick uh, question. Just describe what you see. Uh, if 
kind of microphone like ask you what else you see. But for me, it's I think it's a, a, an inspired piece of work because I think sometimes we might put the happy face on the outside and people say, How are you? And we say you're fine. But actually we look exactly like this. We might be melting inside and we always feel that our whole infrastructure has just gone and we can't really hold ourselves up. And so um, sometimes it's like this because our spirit is not functioning. Let me just slightly change the illustration. Um, we just talk about, uh, do you remember perhaps a long time ago when perhaps you were at school, maybe it was recent, I shouldn't say a long time ago, um, <laughs> whenever you went to school. But I, remember, I wonder if you remember that sometimes as a teacher, uh, drew on a blackboard. Do you still have blackboards today? No, okay. So very, very young women, you might not remember this, but let some of us who do remember it. Um, sometimes when a teacher uh, wrote or drew on a board, um, sometimes his or her name might just... Yeah, you've got the reaction. So how many know that sound? Yes, I think you're most of the room, that's amazing. Well, the result, as he or she draws on that board, there's this dry, squeezing sound, which disturbs every single nerve in our body, from our teeth, right down to our toes. You're living through it, I can see it. You are. And um, it's amazing that this small sound, which really lacks in decibels, certainly makes up for the ability that it has to totally immobilize anyone in sort of hearing it. It's just such a terrible sound. And already some of you, I've seen it with my own eyes, tonight you have winced. You have heard, I have my blackboard, I have my piece of chalk, but you have heard somewhere within you, you have heard that sound. That sound is an echo. That sound is coming from somewhere back there. But it's actually coming to you now, and you're almost reliving it. When I was a youngster, um, my parents um, always chose to go down to the Isle of Wight for their holidays. And I've had many, many holidays. Um, I think it's a great island. And uh, my brothers particularly loved um, steam engines. Now, I have to say, I don't remember the steam engines on the island. They had long gone when I kind of was born. But every year, we had to visit, and I don't know why, because all the tracks were lifted up, but we had to visit where the steam train had gone by, and we saw all the stations that had now turned into uh, houses. Um, but we also, there several tunnels that we would kind of go up the sort of the track, and then some of them weren't particularly um, boarded up. And we would stand there. I can remember it doing for my dad. And he would say, hello! And Rizal would say, hello! Because what was happening? And I would do it. And I would laugh with glee. And it was quite fun because this, you said something. And it bounced off somewhere at the back. And then it came back to you. And it was fun. The trouble is, with us today, some of the echoes from the past isn't as fun as... <laughs> My dad and I saying it in this tunnel. It's a bit like the chalk and the fingernail on the blackboard. It kind of makes us slightly wince. And as we hear, perhaps we're in a situation today, and it reminds us of something that's happened back then. 
and an echo comes back. And although today our present is very different, we might react with fear or rejection. We might feel worthless. All sorts of negative emotions can suddenly arise in us. And sometimes our behaviour might be totally irrational. But it's come from somewhere in the back. When I was away recently, I heard of an illustration of uh, two men talking about new cars. And one man happened to say to the other, and of course my new car is quite similar to yours. Well, the other person hearing that just exploded and he said, what do you mean my car is like yours? My car is much better, it does this. How can you say it's the same? And the person listening is almost like, and it, it's almost the stuff, it's almost like the other person had spit in his face, but it came back. Somewhere, the person who is now having that tirade was actually hearing something. Those words had bounced off an experience in the past, and it was really making him um, explode in an uncontrollable way. That's what's happened. So, one man was talking about a the other man was actually reliving life. And he was bringing something, he was living in two worlds, he was living in the present, but actually his past world had now caught up with him. And he was making this very irrational response. When I worked in London, um, I worked in Church House, and there were certain guidelines we had to adhere to. And I've always tried to live up to the guidelines, but because there were so many you had to kind of go through, I happened to photocopy a document. Um, it should have been on blue paper. And I photocopied it, completely forgot, photocopy it on white. And the person seeing me do this, well, I just stood there and she tore this huge strip off me. And it was like, I wanted to say, it was just a piece of photocopy. I'll do it on blue. But as far as she was concerned, the world had ended. <laughs> and again, I suppose I'm thinking now, looking back, I didn't know much about inner healing then. But actually, somewhere, something had happened in her past. Maybe she felt devalued, maybe the, car, the guy buying the car had felt devalued, but something was coming forward, and I received it. And it was actually quite a hurtful experience. Sometimes we act in ways that we can't explain. Joe, what have you got to say to us? I think your story is a bit similar, isn't it? This is Joe, all the way from Birmingham. Oh, really, Chris, that's it. Hi, everybody. Um, my story is very much about what Anna's talking about. Um, and it's interesting that it all started for me by recognizing that Jesus came. His, by his stripes we are healed, and he came to release those of us who are oppressed. For me it started um, January this year, I was at one of the quiet days, and for any of you who haven't been to a quiet day, you must not miss those. They're now a rhythm of my life, and I have benefited so greatly from coming to them. Anyway, um, quiet day, Anne's topic was the potter and the clay. It's always been, Jeremiah, 18 has always been a special verse to me, and I kind of thought, yeah, going to a quiet day, great, wonderful, just to be unhurried, to sit the whole day in the presence of God, and just to 
I didn't know that God had actually prepared a divine appointment for me that day. And as Anne began to talk, in me, there kind of just rose up this feeling that something needed to be dealt with. And the words that came to my mind were that I was living under the yoke of injustice. And that did resonate with me. When I was seven, uh, my father was killed. I was born and brought up in Pakistan and my father was killed. And we as a Christian family had no justice. Um, once my dad died, it left my mother and us two sisters, so three women in a male-dominated society, um, kind of just to live and cope with life, whatever it threw. So I kind of always thought, yeah, I can understand why I have such a strong reaction to injustice. Never ever thought that I was living under the yoke of injustice. So as the day went on, I recognised that I needed to do something about it. And at the end of the day, I was quite certain that I would come to the well and seek prayer for inner healing. I came several, several weeks later. I came, and as I drove from Birmingham, I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect. I was excited. Um, and I was also a little bit apprehensive because I had learned to live with this yoke and what if God took it away and then would I really like what he gave me? In my head I knew that he gives a yoke which is perfectly made for me but I'm not sure if I really wanted to believe that. Anyway, I came and uh, two wonderful women of God greeted me and we went into one of the praying booths and I told my story briefly and then what started after that and I don't know how long it went on because time just flew um, I think it's very difficult to put into words but I know that I met with God in an amazing way his presence was so tangible um, these two dear ladies prayed over me prayed over me with scripture prayed over me with promises prayed over me with blessings. And one of the um, were, uh, scriptures that was spoken over me was Psalm 91. I dwelling in the shelter, resting in the shadow of the Almighty. I felt free to be me because God was my refuge and my fortress. Quite remarkably, that morning, as I was sitting on my bed, kind of just mulling over and getting ready to go, glanced out of the window and I saw three feathers just float by. Now I don't know if I would normally have even taken any notice but I just sensed that they were significant and it was something about a promise and I didn't know what it was going to be. And then one of the words that was spoken over me was that I would be under his feathers, sheltered under his feathers and I could see that that was God fulfilling his promise to me. It's difficult to stop, but I am going to say one other thing, uh, and that was um, the promise honoured in sight. And again, that has been something that has been so, so valuable to me over the um, weeks and months that have gone since I was prayed for. Honoured in his sight, precious in his sight. And I recognised that day that carrying this yoke of injustice was affecting my relationships, was affecting me at work. So when people said something, I would have quite a strong reaction to what they were saying, and I would feel that they were getting at me. 
and I now have walked in the path of knowing that I am honoured in the sight, that I am precious in the sight, and I almost enter uh, the front door of my workplace reminding myself I am honoured in his sight. And if I am honoured in his sight, how can anybody dishonour me? I thank God, I praise God, and I too believe that the day I die, it will be saying that God's grace, his mercy, and his compassion have been between to you. Um, end my life and I did definitely contemplate ending my life that day but 
my mum's a Christian and I thought I'd better just check if what my mum has said is true just in case and I wasn't sure if you do end your life if you were going to go to heaven or not. So there was a bit of sanity in me somewhere that I'd go and check that out. But anyway, I went to check, I went to get my mum's Bible, I found the Bible and um, when you got depression, anxiety, I haven't got any concentration. But I managed to skip through into Matthew. Um, and my eyes were drawn, and you know, the, it is a living word. And that's the first experience for me that I discovered that Jesus talks through his word. And I, my eyes were drawn to Matthew 28, Matthew 11, verse 28, which says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Now, when I read that, it was like that was Jesus absolutely speaking to me, absolutely cut right through into my soul and my spirit, and I started to cry. My mum came in and probably skipped because I had the Bible out. <laughs> but I didn't see the skip, but inside she probably skipped. But um, she kind of said to me, you know what, Leanne, Jesus is the answer to everything you're going through and let me take you to someone. And she took me to this lovely couple um, back in North Lincolnshire who had a healing ministry and they prayed for weeks for me that I would get healed and they prayed a lot about ways of the healing. Um, let me tell you, that was 18 years ago. I never did go into hospital because Jesus completely healed and restored me. Now, that was 18 years ago, 19 years ago, but last year, um, life was a funny way of throwing some curveballs in and I was working for a, a, a place I absolutely loved a Christian charity actually that I ended up getting made redundant from. And then um, the, the situation surrounding that, um, that redundancy was really hurtful. Um, there was, I won't go into it now, but it was quite a hurtful way that I got treated. And it really affected me. And it, as Anne said, it starts to wound you. And I definitely felt wounded by this redundancy. And I found myself um, getting quite down again. And I was mad because I thought, Jesus has healed me of this. I'm not having this again in my life. And I refused to have it, but I couldn't fight it. Um, before this redundancy happened, I ended up, now this is not a normal everyday Christian thing to happen, but I ended up becoming a witness in a murder trial and getting locked in the house with schizophrenia. Now that's not a normal everyday <laughs> But my kind of work is sort of that sort of thing happened. And I ended up getting fear in my life. And they talk about uh, at the well about if you've got a wound that it's like an open wound that the enemy can come in and can land on, on a wound and that definitely happened to me last year because I couldn't, despite what I knew about Jesus, I couldn't get myself free. I don't know what, I just I was bound up again in fear and anxiety and um, being a Bible being Christian I decided to go to the well and I went to work at the well and saw Anne and the team and I've got to say I was, oh they just took me <laughs> and um, just and just saw my potential in me and just kept speaking that over me and just kept speaking truth to me. And um, they prayed for me and I had a lot of inner healing. I had what they call um, some cross time and I took my cares and my worries and my burdens to Jesus again. And we prayed about lots of stuff, about the redundancy, about the hair, and I, I was completely set free from the fear that had bound me up. And I can honestly say again, <laughs> I'm back in a place of not feeling that at all again. Now life just tends to throw these things up, and I know I'll be back at the well probably. <laughs> and I will keep going to the well because there was always I know, even you speaking tonight, I'm thinking, oh yeah, that, that affects me and I can react like that. So um, you know, God is good and I think just Jesus can heal today. He's the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. Brilliant. Thank you very much as well. <laughs>
my talk to um, sort of a conclusion. Uh, if we want to be whole, this is the place to go. Uh, there's a picture of a cross here. And uh, Jesus himself knows what it feels like to be rejected. He knows what it feels like to be in a place of weakness, a place of helplessness, a place of pain, a place of anguish, a place of humiliation, a place of betrayal, a place of despair, a place of isolation, a place of abandonment, and a place of death. Jesus Christ knows all those feelings, and he was there because of us. And just reminding ourselves once again of the reason he entered into this world, and that was to bring us wholeness. It was to bring us health. It was to bring us into a relationship with his dad, Almighty God. Jesus has done it. And so if we have an, some healing need in our life tonight, Jesus can do something about it. And what we're going to do now is um, my team are going to pass around something that you might think, oh, she might have lost the plot on this. We're going to give you a dried pea. So, uh, receive a dried pea. And um, as this comes around, um, I just want to, uh, I'm going to play a lovely piece of music, which I often actually start the world quiet day with. I think it's very inspired and it actually picks up on the um, verse that Leanne has just spoken about, Jesus saying, come to me, come to the ones. And I know um, a church of this size, with so many of you here, some of us have physical healing needs, some of us have emotional healing needs, some of us have spiritual healing needs, some of us have needs in our minds. We're all very different, we have different life's experiences. I don't know what your story is. We've heard three people's um, experiences. Um, but I want you to hold that pee. And I'm just wondering, what is your healing need tonight? Which, what, what is it? You don't have to say it. It's a very private thing. But I wonder if you can imagine, and you might even want to put it in your shoe, but if that pee was in your shoe, it probably would affect the way you walked. And you might perhaps, if that pee was in your shoes, sort of as you started the day and you left the house maybe at nine o'clock, you'd think, oh, that's so irritating. I think I can guarantee you that if you left the pee in your shoe by six o'clock, you will be desperate to take that pee off. And in your mind, it's probably much bigger than that tiny pee. It's like a huge boulder that you've been walking around with. And it will affect the way you walk. It will be on your mind every, every moment because it's so uncomfortable. And I just wondered tonight, what does that pee represent? And so I just want you to, um, I suppose, offer it to God. We're going to listen to this song, Come to Me, All You Who Are Heavy Laden. It's about five minutes long. It's a beautiful song. And then once we've heard it, um, there's, we're going to invite you to come and give the pee whatever your healing need is, is over to God and to ask him to bring healing into your life. So here I just put a red cloth here, you might want to put your pee on this one, or you might want to spend a little bit longer and pause at the cross over there. For those of you in the balcony, we've put a cross up through those doors there. But I'm going to invite you to come at the end of the song, to come up and 
Put your healing need before God. Because Jesus is the one that can help us. We've heard it already tonight. And then if you'd like to, to go back to your seats, and some of you won't like doing this, some of you will think fantastic. I'd like you to get into twos and threes, and I'd like to pray for that person in your little group. You don't actually have to know uh, what their healing need is, and I'd really encourage you not to get involved in conversations, but to find out their name and to say, uh, say, Susan, may God meet you at your deepest point of need, and then just to wait, and then to do it to another person in your group. I really believe God can do some healing work tonight. And if you want more of a helping hand, then do come and see us in the World Christian Healing Centre. We're open on Tuesday and Wednesday. You can find us on the website in Marcia at the end of the time. Um, but there's other places you can go to. Christian Prayer Ministries, it's a fabulous group, CPM. Uh, we left some of their literature at the back. They have various weekends. One's a teaching weekend, the following one is a healing weekend. We're so fortunate to have CPM. Also, um, just down sort of Fossways, Harn Hill. That's a lovely place to go for healing. I'm speaking in January at um, Yabby in North Devon. Again, a lovely place to go for healing. But it might be tonight that you're, you're going to say to God, yep, I have got this healing need. And I'm actually, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to do something about it. So, let's see what God wants to do. Let's do this beautiful, um, thank you, this beautiful song. And as you come and, um, at the end of the song, or the P, do take one of these. Um, it's a leaf with, I am the God who heals you, the verse from Exodus. And here, go and heal the sick and preach the good news. And let this remind you that God is still the same yesterday, today, and 